Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by New York Community Bank and New York Commercial Bank, the NYCB family of banks. Bank with confidence anywhere you see the NYCB logo. Visit nycbfamily.com. It's a busy morning for earnings. Travelers reporting a first quarter profit that missed analyst estimates. Blackstone and Lazard also missed. Biogen, Under Armour, Citizens Financial, and BNY Mellon beat. We are watching the markets today. S&P E-mini futures, little change to higher, up a point. Dow E-mini futures up 12. And NASDAQ E-mini futures up less than 1. DAX in Germany's down 3 tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury down 5.30 seconds. The yield 1.86 percent. NYMEX crude oil, little changed at 44.18 a barrel. Comex gold up half percent or six dollars thirty cents at twelve sixty seventy an ounce. The euro a dollar thirteen thirteen. The yen one oh nine point seven five. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Thanks so much, Karen. Greatly appreciate it. Michael McKay, Greg Vallier is a jewel. He is absolutely fabulous. He gives us help on our economic politics, uh, if you will. And within his brilliant, brilliant report this morning, he says something that's perfect for Jim Paulson. The economy. The pros see the economy expanding after a weak first quarter, semicolon. Many retail clients think the recession never ended. Vallier's note, Jim, is just brilliant on the behavioral polarities out there. How do I invest given this dysfunctional polarity that we see every day, every topic? <laughs> yeah, the um, there's been a continued sort of uh, dichotomy between Wall Street and Main Street and haves and haves nots throughout this recovery. Um, I think that's likely to continue. Um, I I would stay, you know, more focused on the fact that we're probably still a ways away from recession, Tom, and and uh, if we are, then we're probably a ways away from the ultimate peak in the uh, financial markets. And and uh, I I also think that there's other opportunities beyond the U.S. There's other parts of the world to invest in that are in a different place than the United States is. They're, most of those are in an earlier part of their recovery uh, and aren't back to full employment, suffering some of the pressures that we have here and, and probably offer better relative values at the moment. What do you say when you? I mean, you're you're basically coming down on the pros side, as uh, as Greg would put it in in uh, this, and yet your your business is dealing with the retail people. How, what do you say to them uh, about what's going to happen if there's this disbelief? Yeah, you know, you know, Mike, a big part of investment counseling, I'd say, or investment management, when you work directly with. Clients, and it doesn't matter whether you're a retail client or institutional client, or you're you or me. A big part of it is developing the confidence to do what's right over time, and it's very hard because the best opportunities throughout life for investment is when there is great doubt often about its viability. Those are the times when prices are don't fully reflect the possibilities to come. And if if you only invest when you feel comfortable, you're not going to do well over time. So a big part of investment counseling is trying to get people to understand that when you do feel uncomfortable, is a time often that you should, probably should have more risk on, not less. When, obviously, you sound like you're quoting Warren Buffett. <laughs> uh, and we talk about Warren Buffett all the time. I'm just curious. When you talk something like that to people, do, do people 
think he knows what he's talking about? Does that register with people? Well, um, I, I think it's difficult. It really, it really is difficult um, because um, you, you can make a, a cogent case, and when people are relaxed in good times, they're receptive to it. But when it really gets uh, nasty at the current moment, uh, often people are very hesitant, and there's no debate at that point. That's why you, you have to set up, I think you have to set up your plan of attack in a, in a comfortable moment and and then refer back to that the the arguments made at that time in order to get uh, things done when you're not comfortable. Within that is sector purchase. I mean, we can look at the macro economy, but you have to make choices among sectors. Do you sprinkle the infield, or is this a time where you make some sharp uh, dichotomies, if you will, in thinking on where to own, what to own in America? You know, you, you know, I, I think we're having a, a fairly big shift, Tom, and I think it's going to continue in the rest of the recovery. Up. Up until this point in the recovery, there's been disinflation has dominated uh, the global recovery. And oftentimes, uh, weak pricing overall favors more of the consumer sectors uh, of the economy. Yeah. And, and it's been led by the consumer cyclicals and staples and healthcare, a lot of the consumer stocks. And the producer and industrials have underperformed. If we're starting to bottom out commodity prices, if core inflation and wages are starting to rise, and we're going to have the rest of this recovery growth with a little inflation, then I think that we're going to have a, a shift in leadership from consumer to industrial producer uh, uh, type pursuits, capital goods, if you will. Um, and it's no coincidence that, that the U.S. stock market has dominated the world scene because, in part, it is the quintessential consumer economy relative to the rest of the world. And it's been in a great environment of disinflation. If that changes, I think it starts to favor international stocks over domestic. How much of uh, achieving that is going to be based on uh, confidence? Uh, to kind of get back to what Greg Valle was talking about, um, you know, the, 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 not just confidence among consumers, but inflation expectations, et cetera. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the confidence is going to play a big role, big role, Mike. It has throughout uh, sort of reluctantly been dragged into this market the whole way. You know, the the one big example of, of, of your is we've been missing capital spending in this recovery, yeah. and even though the capability has been tremendous. And I think in part that that could get a lot better, too. One thing that's going to change that is being back at full employment, there's now a need to add capacity where there hasn't been up till now. Also, if costs start to go up, that forces the CEO's hand to do something about that, try to invest to increase productivity. And then the last thing is if the rest of the world starts to do a little better. Mm -hmm. It's hard for a corporate CEO to develop animal spirits when they look at Europe and they look at Japan and look at China. No one's doing very well. Why should I Why should I cap spend? But if we start to see a pickup globally, that could lend itself yeah. to true confidence and true capital spending. Here's how crazy things are. We've got Mario Draghi coming up, Jim Paulson. Siemens debt cost, according to Bloomberg, is 0.2% <laughs> cost. That's the distortion that Mario Draghi has to face. Michael McKee, when is it? 7.45? 7.45 for the decision, 8.30 for the news yeah. conference here on Bloomberg. Surveillance. In the surreal, the great distortion, the financial repression you know as Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by the Ethics Institute at Kent Place School in Summit, New Jersey, a center for research, resources, and practice for students and parents on 21st century ethical leadership. Holding events this spring, more at kentplace.org.